This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She helps professionals get control of their demands and distractions so they wake up with a plan, have one to three more hours a day, and feel less overwhelmed. Murthu Parikh, welcome to the show. Mark, you nailed it. Yay! Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> uh, I was telling uh, Murthu before he started that with a name like Stucheski, I'm really, really cognizant of getting people's names correctly. So I'm the same way. Given my name, I think you and I are in the same boat. <laughs> Excellent. So you and I are both in the productivity space, which I love because you got here early, as most productivity people I know do. On time is late in our in our vernacular. <laughs> Yeah, which is really funny because my husband is more the five to 10 minutes late everywhere. And so it is constant tension with us. Oh, my, my, my <laughs> wife is the same way. She's like uh, 10 o'clock. It's, it's, you know, we're going to make it. No, we're not going to make it. We're going to get pulling into the parking lot at 10 o'clock. Okay. We should be in the room by nine 55. So I'm glad you and I are on the same wavelengths on that. So how long have you been uh, in the productivity game? I've been actually in the productivity space, I guess, 10 or 11 years. But really, to be honest, I started in the organization space. I, or, I started as a photo video organizer and then a professional organizer. And officially, about five years ago, I moved to the productivity coaching world. But, you know, I think in, or, in organizing, you have to be productive anyway. You know, it's part, of, it's part of that lifestyle as well. So anywhere from five to 10 years, however you want to look at it. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be completely honest. If uh, you've never listened to my show before, listener, welcome. Glad you're here. And if you listen all the time, thank you for your continued uh, uh, support. I share the story that when I first got into productivity and I officially hung my shingle out, markstucheski.com, January 2011. And I naively thought it was calendar apps and to-do lists. And that's what I thought it was. The more I studied productivity and a good expert is a student first, I'm like, wow, there is so much more to productivity. And now I'm really focusing on overwhelm because people come to me and probably come to you and their to-do list is, well, forget it. It's so long. You're never going to get through it this lifetime. Or they're like, I don't have enough time. Or I'm frustrated because my health and wellness is out of balance. Everything is pretty much under the productivity umbrella. Would you agree with that? I absolutely do. And I think overwhelm might have been the most common word during the pandemic, right? It was like, that's, that was like the word of the year, the word of the 18 months. And uh, yeah, it just exacerbated the overwhelm. Everyone was already feeling now they're at home. They might have kids or not, you know, people are sick. So it is, it is really, I feel like it's an epidemic, honestly, right now. It's like an epidemic it's going on and it just, it's, it's hard to just pull yourselves back and to get back almost to the basics and simplifying and focusing on what's really, truly important to you, whether it's professionally or personally, you know, it's just getting back to that is it's a struggle. Yeah. Overwhelm was a big issue before the pandemic and the pandemic just magnified it because I think what people don't understand is everybody on this planet has 24 hours in a day and you need to go about your day very intentionally. Okay. I don't care if you're just going to binge watch a TV show on Netflix all day on a Saturday. You need to say, okay, consciously, I know I am going to watch TV all day today. The problem is people don't think about that. They just 
watch one show after another, after another, after another, and then they don't feel good. But if you say, look at, I worked hard this week and I am going to just chill out and binge watch Netflix all day on Saturday. I think that's okay. Unless you do it like every day or every weekend. But if you just want to give yourself a break, that's okay. But people are not doing it proactively, consciously. They're doing it because, well, uh, it's Saturday. Uh, what else am I going to do? And then they go down the rabbit hole. What say you? Couldn't agree more. It's like we've lost the mindfulness or the intentionality of what it is that we've set out to do. I mean, I think that ultimately productivity is a tool to get the most out of your life. And you're right. And that could be, I just want to binge watch TV today, or it could be, I want to you know, throw myself into this podcast or some other project. I mean, there's no right or wrong. It's more like, what are you being deliberate about? And how does that align to what you actually want to get done that day or that, that moment, that day, that week? And when you can tie that back, like that goal and be intentional about it and then do it, it feels successful, whether it's on the couch or you know, running a marathon, you always end up feeling successful. Now, we're due, this episode came out on May 27th, 2021. We recorded this yesterday because I'm one of these loons that records an episode and releases the next day. One of the things I've been really talking about lately, the last couple of weeks, is ambient noise as a distraction. People don't stop and think about if you're writing a blog post or you're writing your book or you're trying to create your course and you hear a dog barking or the FedEx truck goes by or a water dripping in the room or the lawn guy for your neighbor, that's ambient noise. And you may go, oh, it doesn't bother me, but your subconscious mind, your ears hear that and like, what's that? What's going on over there? And so what are your thoughts about ambient noise? Do you think ambient noise is a pretty big distraction that people aren't even aware of? Yeah, I think the ways in which we can get distracted are again multiplied tremendously. And they're the it's everything is a distraction at this point. So noise, people walking in, the text, the beeps, the rings, the emails, the notifications, everything is a distraction. So I believe that we can't use our willpower to try to keep away from it. It's not gonna work, right? We all have a limited amount of willpower. Y'all, I know that by 10 o'clock I'm done. Like it, you have to really avoid eliminate it. So whatever that means to be in a quiet space close that window, turn off those notifications, or put on something like um, rainfall in the background so that you don't hear the other things. You know, there are there are such simple ways that we can take control of our environments, but we don't often. And then we fall into this constant reactivity because we're reacting to all of these distractions around us. So I feel, again, it's just the intention of being intentional about it. Take control of your environment. Yeah. Reactivity is a productivity killer when you're just like, well, whatever I, you know, I, I, it is what it is. And I, I disagree with that. I think you got to be proactive. You got to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and work on my project, but there's a noise. Maybe the lawn, your next door neighbor's getting the lawn cut. Well, they're not going to be there all day. So maybe you don't do your deep work, your full focus work. Then you say, okay, I'm going to do some shallow work, as Cal Newport says. And, and then when the guys are done cutting the lawn, then I'll go back to my deep work. But what most people do, they're like, well, tell my schedule. So it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'm going to try to do it. And the problem is you're not going to do it very productively, very efficiently. When all you had to do is wait until the lawn guy's done. It's, some of these ideas that you and I come up with for our clients are so simple. They want the big, majestic hack. 
And I'm like, I think you get more leverage by doing the small hacks. Yeah. Another one that's really similar to that, thinking about the environment is also thinking about your energy. Like if you're just at a really bad night to sleep or you, you know, you didn't wait, don't try to do that focus, deep work first thing in the morning. Like you typically would maybe wait till later on where you get energized and have your coffee or after lunch, you know, like it, it's not a, it's great to plan. And I'm a huge planner and a big proponent of planning, but at the same time, we've got to take into consideration what's happening that day at that moment, whether it's the lawn guy or I haven't slept or my kid kept me up all night or whatever it might be. And work with these simple exterior circumstances, whether it's environment or energy, and then work that into your schedule for the day. You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. It's funny that you mention energy because yesterday I decided to do this thing called, if I can remember it, time restricted eating. So my eating window is 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. because you're supposed to stop eating three hours before you go to bed. Well, we're recording this right now. My words are being recorded central time at 10.10 a.m. So I'm kind of like, oh, as soon as this podcast is done, I'm going to go eat something because I'm at the end of my fasting window. But apparently it's supposed to give you more energy when you get used to it. Have you ever tried time-restricted eating? I have tried it and I have failed miserably <laughs> just because I, I don't have the willpower. I haven't been able to make it more than a few days, but I've heard, I mean, everyone who does it swears by it and they say it absolutely does give you more energy and more clarity. I just have not been able to do it yet. Uh, how many days are you in? Oh, this is just the second day. <laughs> so oh, second I'm, the, day. Yeah. I'm still wet behind yeah. the ear, but I'll tell you this much. Yes. It's not too hard to skip breakfast. I'm reading, I'm listening to a book right now, an audible it's called metabolicals by Dr. Lustig. And he talked about everyone hears breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Don't skip it. But do you know who came out with that saying? The guy who created Kellogg cereal. Hmm. And when I heard that, I'm like, What? And so it's real easy for me to get up at six o'clock in the morning and I go out for my run and stuff like that. My problem is I can't go to bed hungry. And so a couple of nights ago, I was sitting there. It was my first day. And it was like three hours after I finished eating. And I'm like, I was just about to go to bed. And I'm like, you know what? This ain't going to work. So I went and had a muscle milk. Muscle milk is like zero sugar. It's like a lot of protein. I took that. Guess it's kind of technically cheating, but it got me through the night and it's getting me through to 1030 uh, today. But my point is I'm always trying to do hacks on how I can become more productive. I, I, I'm sworn off eating out because the processed foods, they take up so much energy of your body because you're talking about energy. When you eat McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or Pizza Hut or Domino's, your body's got to work so hard to process all that uh, air quotes here, food, which is not really food. And now I'm learning, I'm going to try what some doctors I've read have said, eat more whole foods because that's energy for your body. We want to give our body energy. When we have energy, we can be more productive. So it all works in a big circle. Yeah, I think it's, it is. It's like you said, it's a circle. Our bodies, our brains, our energy, it, they all work together, right? It's like a, it's a, we're a human specimen. It's just, we, I think we can sometimes look at these things very 
um, like secularly, like just, you know, one piece, but it, it just, it all runs in a circle. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more when, and I know you and I both talk about things like meditation or, you know, or mindfulness again. I think just that intentional, intentionality, um, giving your body rest, giving the energy and all of that together, it creates that whole person, that whole productivity that we're looking for. And it's funny how you, you keep, you've mentioned mindfulness several times in the show today. And I want to talk about that because here's how I, one of the ways I start my day, I have a bullet journal. Now I've tried many different journals, many different planners, but I like using a plain bullet journal because I can take one little line from this planner and one little line from this planner and I can put it in my bullet journal. But one of the things I ask myself first thing in the morning is what would make today amazing? And why do I share that with you, listener? Is because I'm consciously, and here's our favorite word again, proactively saying, this is what's going to make today awesome, okay? Tony Robbins calls it priming, okay? You want to prime your brain, your psyche, your mindset. It's going to be a great day because if you wake up and you're like, oh, it's time to wake up. Oh, man. I, you get out of bed and you're complaining about you had to get up early. Well, what kind of mindset are you going to be in for that day? And how productive do you think you're going to be that day if you start out with that mindset as opposed to the mindset where, hey, this is going to be a great day? Yeah. And I love that. First of all, I love that question. But sometimes I think someone can hear that and then think, oh my gosh, well, amazing would be I could go hang out with my friends or I didn't have to work today or I could go sit at the beach. And that's not, you know, it's it's so much of the little things. Again, it's those little things that I, you tell me what your amazing thing is Frito, for today or typically, but sometimes it's just, I want to wake up in a really great mood or I want to wake up full of energy or I want to take good care of my body today or I want to connect with someone or be present and so it doesn't, it's nothing, doesn't have to be something that's so extraordinary, but it's something that's close to you that makes you feel really good. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. Like one of the things I wrote on my list today is today's interview with you is going to be awesome. Again, primed it. I, cause I know you're going to show up today and we're going to have a great conversation. Sometimes I write, Hey, listen, if I don't have any processed foods today, or if I resist the temptation to go to the Domino's or Grubhub or Uber Eats, I mean, if I don't do that, it's a great day. Okay. So to your point, if it's going to be a great day, it doesn't mean you solve cancer. It doesn't mean that you solve world peace. Okay. It doesn't have to be that big, but you need to look at yourself and what would make it a good day or an awesome day for you, not your spouse or your significant other, or your kids, or your boss, or your friend, or your friends on Facebook, what would make it awesome for you? And the thing is, it only takes me like 10 seconds to answer this question. Really, I don't overthink it. I think that's part of the problem. The, the obstacle for people is they overthink it. Like, well, no one's going to look at this but you. So you don't, there's no uh, grading. We're not going to turn these in at the end of the month. So just sit there and gift yourself. And I, don't think about it. I mean, write it down. It, there's something magical about writing it down. But just say, what are two or three things that have happened today would make today awesome? Prime yourself and get yourself in that positive mindset, which is going to help you be more productive. I love that. I think that we also don't give ourselves enough credit when things do go well or we do something. I was on a coaching call yesterday with with a client and we always start our calls with successes. So I said, well, tell me a success you had in the last week. And she's like, I 
I just can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I'm like, that is impossible. But anyway, we started talking about other things. And through the conversation, we uncovered some incredible things she did, whether it was like, oh, I put up a better boundary, or I said no to a temptation, or I delegated something. And there was there were so many wins, but it it's like we don't even sometimes think of them that like this is that this is something I'm doing that's really awesome for me. That makes my day really great. We just could have take it for granted. And so again, back to like proactive and mindfulness, it's like really being aware of of the things you are doing well. And what does make you feel really good is only going to you know add to that and snowball it. Let's be honest. You're going to have way more small wins than big wins. And I'm a proponent of celebrating all the wins. They're all wins. So not just that big client, but hey, did you go all day without having caffeine? If, that was, if that's one of your goals, did you go all day without having processed foods? If that's one of your goals, you got to look at the small goals. And I, and to your point, a lot of people are like only the big ones count. No, they all count. Let me tell you something. I'm not a big of a sports fan. I used to be before COVID. So I think that's one of the blessings of COVID. It got me away from the addiction to sports, but a win is a win. So it doesn't matter if in American football, if you win three, nothing, it's a boring game. No one's scoring any points, but guess what? That win still goes in the win column. If you win a Super Bowl, it's a win. If you win a preseason game, it's a win. Now they're different, um, different weights on there, obviously, but a win to win. And I think if your goal was to write 500 words and you wrote 500 words, that's a win. Too many people are just saying, Hey, I didn't have any big wins. Well, start counting your small wins and realize how awesome you truly are. Yeah, I agree. Small wins, big wins, wins are wins. You got it. And then I think it does take, um, it's kind of a, a retraining mm. to be aware of them and then actually take a moment to say, yeah, that was a win or that went really well. Like if you can go a whole week and think I didn't do anything really great or when then you're just not, you know, you're just, you're too disconnected, I think from what's really, what are, what is really important because it's not, it's not just getting the gold medal or getting the raise or getting the new client. There's so, there's so many everyday things in between. And here's an idea. If you struggle coming up with wins, then I want you to create a reward system for you. So you cannot go on Facebook unless you write down three wins. You cannot go watch TV unless you write down five wins and discipline yourself because if you have a reward system put in place, I guarantee to you, you're going to sit there and you're going to like, okay, I want to go on Facebook, three wins, boom, you'll knock them out in no time. Because now you're like, I can't do X unless you write down my three wins. Maybe you need to do that, listener. Maybe you need to set that up and say, no Netflix, unless I write down five wins. You have so many wins in your life that you are ignoring them because you're only looking at the big ones. That's the, that's one of the dangers of looking at the big wins, you ignore and overlook all the small wins, which are very powerful. I think this ties in so much with gratitude as well. I know that's a big practice. That's all the rage and everyone talks about because it really works. Uh, if you can at the you know, also think, wake up in the morning. One of my first practices I like to do when I wake up is just think, what am I grateful for today? That's it. And 
Sometimes it's like the big stuff, my home, my relationship, but often it's not. Now it's like, I just got a really good night's sleep or I'm waking up next to my husband or whatever they might be, right? They're their everyday gratitude. And I think connecting to that also then ties to your wins because if you have gratitude for something, typically it's like, well, it's something I've done right or something that's happened well in my life or, you know, there are those small, the small things and they really tie together well. I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. One of the ideas I heard or read someplace, I I don't know where I heard it from, but when you're writing your gratitude journal out, write it as if a future goal has already happened. So let's say you're creating a course and you're in the process of creating the course. You haven't even launched it yet. So your goal may be, I'm so thankful that by the end of 2021, I have 150 people in my course. Now you haven't launched the course yet, but now you're writing your gratitude as a future sense. What do you think about that? Be do have. I absolutely believe in it. You know, you've got to be it. You've got to feel it in order for it to, to manifest it or for it to become part of your reality. But I think also just part of your brain, like you're thinking, you're rewiring. The more that you can believe it is, the more likely it will happen. So a uh, big, big believer in that as well. Of course, that goes back to mindset. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a negative mindset because you're always scrolling through Twitter or watching the news or hanging around negative people, that's going to affect your gratitude, your mindset, you know, your goals, your wins. And uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is by a gentleman named Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he used to say, in five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. Now, take that people you meet. That means social media, blogs, podcasts, TV. Who are you letting? Who are you letting influence you? Because you're being influenced by people all day long. Maybe on social media, maybe on other apps, maybe in person. But you got to be really cognizant. There's toxic people around you. I like to use the analogy of Winnie the Pooh. You don't want to hang around Eeyores. We love Eeyores. We want Eeyores to become uh, Winnie the Poohs. Tigger, Piglet, Chris or Robin, but you got to distance yourself from the Eeyores because if you hang around too many Eeyores, you're going to be an Eeyore. I think there have been so many blessings of COVID. I know it was a horrible time for many, but one of the blessings is was being more, more cognizant, I guess, of who we were spending time with and relationships and connectivity. And I hope that for myself personally, that I keep this, you know, keep that lesson and take it with me for a long time because I know now I really want to connect with people that matter the most to me. I want to maybe not, you know, connect with people who who just were more like the fluff in my life that didn't really add a a lot of meaning um, and just make more time and energy and space for the people who really matter to me. So I have already been trying to think of things and ways, making plans and uh, reconnecting with those people that do matter a lot. And I hope that that's something that just stays with me and for everybody, you know, who's gone through this period that we, we, we walk away with that. Mm. 
That is so powerful. One of the things I do for every one of my guests, as you know, Matthew, is I do a preview call. It's not to talk about what you're an expert in. I want to know if we click. Because if I don't feel a connection on the call, if you're condescending, if you uh, you just don't have a very good, vibrant personality, well, I won't have you on the show because I understand my listeners' time and attention is so valuable. I want to make sure they br- I bring people on that's going to serve them, but then I'm going to get along with that person. So obviously you passed the test, spoiler alert, um, because you had a great personality and I want, people don't want to hang around people that are boring or narcissistic or negative. They don't want it. There's so much that in the world today. They want to be encouraged. They want to be cheered on. They, they don't want to be like, well, you know, it could be better. That's why I don't have negative people on my show because I want to use this show to empower people to have better mindsets so they can be more productive. And that's one of the ways they do it. Couldn't agree more. Again, yeah, I think, you know, just being around the right people is, uh, it, it changes too. I think in your life, I was just having this conversation with my husband who just turned 50. So of course we're all full of wisdom now and we're looking <laughs> back, but you were saying how like the friendships you develop maybe in college at that time, you think these are my friends for life, right? That's like the, your bond, your forever. And, and 20, 30 years later, they could be, and that's wonderful, but often we evolve, right? I mean, we should be evolving and people go in different directions. It's not good or bad, but it doesn't mean just because a relationship was amazing at one time that it has to stay that way or will stay that way. 30 years later. And so what is it that we're really holding on to? Is it this feeling I should be friends with them because I was a long time ago or because they're uplifting me and energizing me and, you know, I'm becoming a better person by keeping this relationship. So it is important to sort of just, just stop and assess and really think through what is the purpose of this relationship in my life and um, how is it serving me and how am I serving that person? You know, it's a two-way street, of course, too. Am I uplifting them? Am I adding it? Am I the right person in their life right now? So yeah, connections are so important. Relationships are so important, but just knowing that they will evolve is, um, I think this is going to help us all keep better relationships as we get older. I cringe when people say, yeah, I've had my best friends since nursery school. And I'm like, that's fine. If you guys are both heading in the right direction and cheering each other on. But if one of them is like, all they want to be is a gamer. They don't want to go to work. They just want to, you know, just have parties all the time. Uh, that may not be a good influence. So what I encourage everyone to do is to listen to what you just said and evaluate Who's in your inner circle? Now, you shouldn't have 150 people in your inner circle. Maybe you should have five or six people in your inner circle who are cheering you on, like you said, and you're cheering them on. I think you need to build strong relationships with people that are going to empower you. I met a lady recently online through another group, and she's an entrepreneur in London, and I'm an entrepreneur here in Houston, Texas, and we click so well that we do a mastermind every week now. Because she's got strength, I got strength. I help her, she helps me. And I wasn't looking for someone like that. We just like, we we just connect them. Hey, you want to do mastermind together? And boom, it just happened. And I like it because she doesn't have it all figured out. And I don't have it figured out until we, we make a perfect match. Just like a husband and wife. My wife and I make a perfect match. She's got strength, I got strength. And we, you know, meet with each other. So I just encourage the listener to evaluate who's in your inner circle. 
who needs to go, and then who do you need to replace those people with? If you do that exercise, not once, but on a regular basis, go, you know what? This person over here, they're draining me. I need to maybe not kick them out of your life, but certainly spend less, uh, less time with them. I'll give you the final word. Well, I'd say our audience is probably familiar with the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. You know, that 20% of your, or 80% rather, of your results come from 20% of your effort. And I'd say that that pertains and applies even to your friendships and your connections, right? You could really say that 20% of those, of the people maybe in the, in all of your life are the ones that really give you 80% of that happiness and joy and growth. And so, you know, focusing on those may be another way to look at it. Like these are the ones I really want to harness and grow and, and evolve with. And so it's just another way to, to use one of those productivity tools and apply it to your personal life as well. Excellent. So Murthy, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? I am everywhere. Life is organized. Online life is organized. Facebook life is organized. Instagram life is organized. I would love to connect. And, um, and if, Anybody uh, is, oh, obviously everyone listening here is a podcast listener, but I also have a podcast called Productivity on Purpose, which is another great way to connect. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.